genre. Hello and welcome back to The Doctor's Companion Presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cass Fredrickson. Today on the show, we're discussing Vincent and the Doctor, the 11th Doctor's eighth story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Vincent and the Doctor uh, is, you know, I think arguably um one of the strongest episodes of uh the 11th doctor's um era comes uh, from writer richard curtis who of course is most famous for writing things like love actually bridget jones's diary Notting hill four weddings and a funeral about time which he wrote after writing this i believe um he and uh steven moffat go way back because uh, Curtis, before sort of diving into um, rom-coms, he founded Comic Relief uh, in 1985, which is like a big uh, BBC comedy thing. Uh, and in 1999, um, the 1999 edition of Comic Relief, Curtis uh, hired Stephen Moffat to write a little thing called Curse of Fatal Death, starring his uh kind of like partner in comedy rowan atkinson uh who he had worked on with um wor- worked with on uh the black adder uh show and uh mr bean so um yeah so like everything was just sort of connected <laughs> i guess with this and when moffat took over the show um of of doctor who you know uh 9 years later um he asked Richard Curtis if he wanted to do it, if he wanted to do the show. And uh, Richard Curtis, who never really had fond feelings for Doctor Who, um, had never really watched the show and didn't really have a strong interest or desire to write this, was kind of waffling back and forth on it. And uh, But he had always had this story rolling around in his head about how he wanted to write some kind of story involving Vincent van Gogh and... Because uh, he was very fascinated by the character of Vincent van Gogh and um, a lot of the things that they talk about in this episode of like writing beautiful things while also being like overwhelmed with pain and all of this and just this like optimism through pessimism thing that uh, that you know people have uh, 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 interpreted from uh, Vincent van Gogh's work and uh, so he was like okay well maybe I could do this. But he still wasn't sure about the Doctor Who thing until he watched the 2008 uh, Christmas special, The Next Doctor, which I think was the ep- the next episode that aired after Stephen Moffat was given the reins of the series. Um, and so he watched that, and his neighbor uh, happened to be starring in that episode, David Morrissey, 
And uh, <laughs> what? I, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of serendipity in this. And uh, so he watched it because he was like, oh, it's my neighbor, David. And then watched the episode and was like, well, that was actually a pretty good time. I think I could do this. I agree, Richard. <laughs> and and so he... That episode was a good time. <laughs> and so he uh, decided that he would write this Vance Van Gogh thing. Um, at first, Moffat was iffy about Vincent Van Gogh as a subject matter because he was worried that the material... Uh, and the themes were a little too dark for Doctor Who. Um, kind of felt more like a Torchwood thing than a Doctor Who thing. Uh, and then, but they talked it out and talked about how the plot would work and how he would deal with these this difficult subject matter of mental illness and things. And Stephen Moffat became more comfortable with it because he he like saw the value in it and in the way that Richard Curtis was going to be um, interpreting it. So once Moffat was on board with the subject matter, uh, he and Curtis sort of collaborated on the plot with the monsters being invisible and things like that. Um, at one point, there were going to be uh, two monsters and one was going to be killed and then the other one was going to kill itself rather than be alone. Um, and uh, they decided oh not to go that route. Um, the script was originally going to be titled Eyes That See the Darkness, based on the description of Vincent Van Gogh having eyes that know the darkness in my soul in a Don McLean's uh, song called Vincent, inspired Van by Van Gogh's Starry Night. Uh, Moffat, however, preferred a less obtruse title, and so it became Vincent and the Doctor. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, which without without knowing the episode almost sounds like like hackish yeah it does like it's they're gonna be like back to back on a movie poster yeah it really <laughs> honestly in retrospect it really does seem like it should be called like vincent and amy not yeah excluding amy from the title is kind of like the one minor thing that's like not quite so perfect about this episode yeah mm. yeah i would say so uh, so, um, we were watching this earlier and my instinct was correct. Uh, we were watching this earlier and saw, uh, the doctor like running through these like cobblestone streets. And I was like, did they shoot this in the same place they shot, uh, uh vampires in Venice? And, uh, they did. It was, uh, in the same block schedule with, uh, vampires in Venice. And they shot both episodes in the same town of, uh, Trigir, Croatia. Um, so yeah. There we go. Uh, they they shot in a place that was neither Italy nor uh, I don't know where he is in this. Where is this supposed to take place? It's not Dutch. It's or it's not. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Oh gosh, yeah, he's from Holland, but he's, he doesn't say where he is. Right. Yeah, I don't remember the town that he's in. Um, in any event, uh, yeah. So they they uh, they you know they they shot the whole thing in um, multiple iterations. One of the things that was interesting was Bill Nye being cast as the museum curator uh who this was his uh first um his first job working on doctor who but was not his first uh i guess run in with doctor who because um according to a lot of sources including himself uh he was in the the ninth the role of the ninth doctor was down to him Hugh Grant and Christopher Eccleston and Hugh Grant was offered it, turned it down, and it went to Christopher Eccleston, which made Bill Nye the third choice, apparently. What? Um, 
yeah, to play the Ninth Doctor. And instead it went to, it ended up going to Christopher Eccleston. But he was so close to getting the role that the tabloids all called him as the Ninth Doctor. Uh, like, literally, like, uh, like a few days before the announcement that Christopher Eccleston got the role. Um, and uh, I guess there is a suggestion that uh, he lost the role because of the tabloids um, reporting that uh, that he That's not his and, fault. And then, like, BBC just being like, nope, can't let the tabloids win. Oh, they my God. Yeah. Um, so, in any event. Kind of an interesting what if, the idea of Bill Nye being the ninth doctor. Yeah, like would he still be Davy Jones? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because that would have been, yeah, that would have been at the same time. Like exactly the same time. Interesting. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, because, right? Because. 06? No, 05 was when he, sh- when. Yeah, yeah, Drew but Dead Man's Chest came out in 06. Right. And when did they, they probably so, shot it around the same time. I mean, they shot both of them. So like it had to have been like a huge shoot. Wow. Yeah. 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 And who knows? He might've been on the show longer than a season. You know, he might not have like reacted to whatever happened with Eccleston that he was like, I'm not into this. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Bill Nye was like, oh, this is a cool party. I'll see yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So this was, uh, he, he decided to um, uh, be in this because he was a good friend of uh, Curtis's and was like, uh, and Richard Curtis wrote the role for him. And so he was like, yeah, sure. I'll do a day on Doctor Who um, and memorize a bunch of stuff about Vincent Van Gogh <laughs> and bow ties. Um, so, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, it was a pretty much a, uh, uh, you know, they had an idea for an episode. And I, I, all of the interesting stuff, I think, came with all the serendipity that led to its creation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there was love this, actually is all around. Yeah, <laughs> there is uh there is one. Um, the, the episode did go over, so it's a little longer than most of the episodes this season. And upon watching the episode, the BBC, uh, were just like, yeah, don't, we don't want you to cut anything. It's fine. Um, cause they'd already cut two storylines in it. Um, one was the mother of gazelle, the, the, the girl who dies, um, a lot of her stuff was cut because I guess that was like more of a, a story thread than it was just like a, an event a, that yeah. happens. Um, and then also there was a there was a whole storyline where the reason that the doctor is so antsy about finding the monster is because he grew up on Gallifrey reading a book like a children's book about this monster. Like apparently it was like a like a children's book monster that he was aware of. And so it always scared him as a kid. And so that's why he's like acting all nervous on the day where like, he's like taking a long time to paint the, the, the church. And he's like being all antsy and weird about it. Um, apparently that was the reason why uh, uh, his performance is that way. Is that's because funny. There was, there was a whole deleted storyline about him, like being legitimately terrified of the, of the monster. So the giant chicken lizards that yeah. no one can see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they cut those two things out and then that got them down to 50 minutes and they were like, we don't know what else to do. And then, and the BBC was like, okay, it's fine. We'll just let it run over five minutes. Um, so yeah, that's it. Incident of the doctor. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, is this a good episode? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is that where you're at? No, no, oh, okay. I love, I love this. episode. Oh, okay. No, it's like, it's like a masterpiece. Right. Um, yeah, it uh, almost becomes you know because like it when this came out eleven years ago. W- that's kind of fun. 
he he was like you know it, it was immediately like this was like a great episode and people were saying like this is the best episode of the show mm-hmm. like period but it, you couldn't say that right you know but yeah. now it's having watched so much of this show yeah it almost actually becomes more impressive yeah because it's operating on just such a another emotional level than the show certainly used to mm-hmm. and it's classic era and i think not I, I didn't know that that he like had no kind of attachment to it as a kid or whatever and like that's really cool i think that shows what can happen when you just bring someone in that unlike moffat who i love moffat mm-hmm. like didn't grow up watching the show every morning and has like a new way of looking at it and a new way of looking at what's interesting and compelling about the doctor mm-hmm. and his ability to travel through time yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yes um yeah i don't i don't really i don't know this is like a like an all-time classic for me i think i've seen this one the most out of all the episodes of doctor who except for 11th hour which i have definitely watched like eight times or something um (laughs) and it's always fun kind of seeing which parts of it make me cry this time um (laughs) because uh by the end of it i am just like a a mess of a human um and it's the the performances are all really good i think like the fact that the the alien is invisible is like ridiculously genius because like they don't have to waste all their budget on like animating it throughout the whole thing it's just like the shots that we kind of get a glimpse of it um and like i think at the time I was like, oh, you know, the invisible alien's kind of silly, but like now it's just like, I don't know, it 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 works. Um and I love I think it fits the theme so well yeah. too. The idea of like the way that um people with mental illness are just sort of like gaslit by by uh society. healthy people in yeah. like society where yeah. they're just like just like get over it. Like, oh, you're just a little sad, you know, like all yeah. of that. And that, that like the using this invisible monster as like the embodiment of that idea, that concept is just, uh, yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, and I really like the the fact that, like, yeah, they win, but like, it's not really a victory. Uh, it's it's like really sad. Um, so I'm I'm still very impressed with this episode. I can't believe it's been like over a decade since it first came out, but yeah, we're old. Yeah, the thing that I I really appreciated the mental health stuff revisiting it because i'm the opposite i think i may have seen this episode once maybe twice mm. um i just I, I we've talked about it i don't rewatch the show a lot um except when i do and then when i do i watch like five in a row <laughs> <laughs> in like a day and uh yeah like like the way that the doctor and amy sort of through trial and error learn how to interact with vincent and it, it, yeah like his their patience and empathy towards him really resonated with me mm-hmm. Uh, like watching it this time and then also yeah like the way that they managed to dovetail this kind of goofy chicken monster <laughs> into like yeah the theme of the episode and when Vincent accidentally kills it he not only exhibits empathy for this monster but empathy for the people that throw stones at him and call him crazy mm-hmm. and he's like oh they're just scared just like this thing was scared and the kind of the miracle of of this episode is although it does tell 
why Vincent van Gogh is like one of the greatest humans who ever lived in the context of the story. You also get to see what makes him like a remarkable person, Mm -hmm. even to the doctor and Amy of like, whoa, that's where, you know, and I, yeah, that really hit me this time. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I, I love all of that. Um, and yeah, the mental the mental health stuff is stuff that like definitely flew over my head really the first time I watched it, like the way that it all fit because, you know, I wasn't uh I don't know, that well, stuff just wasn't on the wasn't as accessible as it is now where like people talk about it openly like on Twitter and things like that a lot and and so, you know, it, it also plays really well to the artists who watch the show. Right. Of like oh the fulfillment of like oh my to be appreciated yeah 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 um yeah that that sort of like uh, narcissistic quality that <laughs> all of us artists have <laughs> uh, uh yeah or you know um, like love and appreciation because like van gogh gave his soul to his art mm-hmm. and so to hear bill nye he you're like oh like one person mm-hmm. got it mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah no i mean absolutely uh that's definitely a part of it um that that that's definitely the part that i focused on uh you know be like before learning more about other like the mental health stuff um yeah i i I think that it's it's an episode that is i mean it's beautiful and i do remember as nick was talking about earlier uh when it first came out and everyone was sort of looking around you just got this feeling amongst (laughs) doctor who fans of everyone looking around being like was was that was that was that the best episode of the show so far (laughs) who's gonna say it first and like no one was gonna say it and so it just sort of like went in and out and everyone was like that was a pretty good episode and then like yeah every year after people were like remember vincent the doctor that was really good this made me cry (laughs) yeah i watch it every year yeah this is art it started it started becoming a thing to even like it became part of van gogh it almost felt like fans you you were you started seeing starry night with the tardis mm-hmm. on like my friend's walls in college or it would be like their phone art yeah yeah for sure i i think part of it part of that reaction that initial reaction is i don't know if you guys remember this but i remember people were dreading this episode because it was richard curtis and everyone was like the love actually guy Ugh, gross like why are you letting him write an episode because people already hated that movie at that point um and do people and so, hate like, that th- movie yeah oh god people despise that movie. oh okay because um, like i've it's funny you were like rattling off all of the movies that he's written i was like oh i've never seen any of these um because like love actually <laughs> is on like everyone's like feel good christmas movie list so i'm just like oh is- yeah well like 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 the vision says in civil war cast that provokes challenge <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, I, I'm of the I'm of the belief that Love Actually is like a fifty fifty good movie mm. and and fifty fifty a fuck like an unwatchable movie. <laughs> um, like half of it is well, that's all- good. It's very easily skippable to skip parts. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, half of it is like borderline unwatchable, and then the other half I adore so much, including very specifically the Bill Nye stuff, which I think is incredible. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so like I I think that there was there was a hesitance from a lot of people to praise this episode because they were like, we don't want to praise the love actually guy. Um, and, and so there was definitely that going on uh, big time. And I, I, I saw the same thing happen again with about time where when about time came out, everyone was like, boo, boo, Richard Curtis. Right. And, but then like a lot of people were like, I, I don't know. I thought that was actually really, 
that was really good. I don't know. And then like <laughs> as time has gone by, now it's like a classic movie and like everybody seems to really like it. Yeah, it takes like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. Uh I I think this episode is uh phenomenal for for so many reasons. I think it's a really funny episode. Um I like, it just has everything you want from from Doctor Who, right? A fun uh, like a fun cool monster. You get like a historical figure which is cool. You get like fun, like stupid Doctor Who stuff. Like you're Scottish, so therefore you have like a Danish ac- accent, according to him. <laughs> like you speak his language, you know. <laughs> it's because that's why you're hearing Scottish from him. I just I love that. That's stupid and great. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's like everything you could want. Uh, it's it's great. And I think that's what keeps people coming back to it so much. Is so much of it is just like really comfortable and fun to slip back into. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's interesting that this is like you know looking back we're we're almost at the end of this season of of Doctor Who the 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 um not we're we're at the we're almost at the end of this season of uh of Long Way Around also but um of uh series 5 mm-hmm. of uh, of Doctor Who maybe the greatest series of the show. Uh possibly, quite possibly, but like looking back I was just thinking like wow, it is crazy that there are two absolute banger all-timer episodes in this season because that rarely happens where you get like two it's usually one right if you're um, lucky. and here you get 11th hour which is an all-timer i mean it really is mm-hmm. uh it's a phenomenal um regeneration story or post-regeneration story rather and uh and then you get vincent the doctor which is just like one of those i think up there with the girl in the fireplace in terms of like if you're just going to show an episode of doctor who to someone like that just sort of represents the show. This is a really good example of of one. Um and uh yeah, it's uh yeah, I just think it's brilliant. The um The, the chemistry I- between Matt Smith and Karen Gillan, terrific in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Uh the chemistry between Karen Gillan and uh and the actor who plays Vincent, uh really phenomenal. Um as well. So they have like uh, this primal like cloud atlas connection <laughs> yeah <laughs> where they just sense something in the other one yeah um oh man yeah no it's really it's just really good uh i uh i had a lot of fun when uh when we went into the tardis and the doctor was like investigating the monster and he had like the typewriter that was also a printer mm-hmm. and just all that fun kind of clockwork fairy tale stuff is oh, yeah. so gorgeous in this episode oh yeah i i love all of that stuff as well um yeah i mean i just i i just really like i like what it says about mental illness too in terms of like your instinct is that you want to help but like the reality is that you can't really like all you can do is like try to make it easier or 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 you know not judge them and like let them go through what they're going through or what have you because like especially back then when there's like no medication and, and and you know like it just it was just a nightmare and so like I I I loved that you know you I think Nick you were talking about that that the sort of like empathy that they have for Vincent where like Vincent is having a a sort of like um a, uh not a manic a depressive episode there on the bed and the doctor like tries to help and then realizes that he can't and it's like okay like we'll we'll go it's okay and then you know gives him his space and then that gives him the room to sort of like roll out of that, that situation that he's in and then pull himself back together. And is like, okay, let's go do the thing. 
like I just like how all of it is treated. It's like we're not judging you for what you're going through because we know you can't help it. Um, we're just here when you need us, and when you need us to not be here, then we won't be. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's, I think that's a depiction of it that I you don't get to see a lot. It's oh, it's usually mentally healthy people like trying to like force the mental illness out of the person, you yeah, know, um, because they're like, no, but I love you, I care about you, get better, <laughs> right? you know. Yeah, because it's not it's not as easy as like, oh, I did one thing, like one nice thing for this person. So like that makes them fixed, fixed, quote unquote, fixed. Um, Right. And the uh, the scene with him crying on the bed, like hit me really hard this time, too, because it is like it like underscores how isolating it is to to suffer from like depression and stuff like that. Um, So and I like that. Um, even though like the doctor and Amy might not understand what he's going through, like they're still there when he's ready to be like, okay, I'm, I want to paint now, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, Karen Gillan and Matt Smith both like do really underrated work of communicating the, especially Amy, like the want of like, I wish I I want to help so bad. Mm -hmm. I want to get in there. And do the magic thing or say the thing. Mm-hmm. And the journey that she goes on, underscored by how friggin' adorable and baby-like they both look. But like <laughs> they're children. <laughs> Babies. <laughs> I but, couldn't get over it. But like, yeah. And and like the journey that Amy goes on when she is met with the inevitability of time and like and she's like, Well, was it all was it all just oh, so not, none of it mattered because it didn't end happy. Yeah. And and, you know, there's a reason that the doctor's lines in that scene are like on people's walls and in diaries and tumblers and stuff is it? it really resonates with people mm-hmm. in a real way of like, yeah, we can't always control what people do, but we can control like who we, you know, yeah, the good pile and the bad pile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like just, just a wise piece of, of, of writing nestled in this like science fiction television show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oh, I want to say something kind of, uh, I guess, uh, kind of a hot take. Uh, so something that people will say is like, oh, Bill Nye, it's a shame that he was wasted in Vincent and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I've probably said it on the show. It's like, ah, they used him. They used him too soon. Mm-hmm. And watching it this time, I just think it's really effing cool that the only time Bill Nye's ever in the show is like doing a favor for his pal Richard Curtis mm-hmm. in this like really beautiful understated role where he's kind of almost just playing himself. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is nice. Um, you know, I mean, the thing is, it's just sort of like it, the idea of like the actor wasted is just because you want to see more of them. Absolutely. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's all it ever is. I mean, if 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 like a if like Jodie Whittaker wanted to just swing by this museum and pick up the curator and like make him a companion for a season. I need you again. That'd be great. I mean, you know, I, I would, <laughs> That'd be great. I don't need to play a different character. I just want more of them, you know? That would Ultimately. be great. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, oh, I also want his little mirror harness backpack thing to come back. Mm-hmm. His little like alien identification thing. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a really beautiful, um, just borderline flawless episode, really. Um it's uh and I only say borderline because I mean we don't we don't like that Amy isn't represented in the title. 
and I'm sure I'm sure there's something else that isn't that is that could be better. I don't know, but it is. Um, I mean, it's just an excellent, excellent episode. It's it's as close to perfect as I think Doctor Who episodes get. Oh, the joke that the machine isn't able to scan Vincent's painting because he's an impressionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's God. Everything about this is so good. Um, yeah, I love. Oh man, I love all of the stuff with Vincent just not giving giving a crap about any of his work. Yeah, and just like just like painting over a painting and like ah, oh <laughs> like it just. It's so good. It just it just reminds me of like the stories that you hear about Jack Kirby where he would like tear up old art old original art and write his lunch order oh on the God, back yeah. as like scrap paper. <laughs> and it's just like you have no idea what that's gonna be worth in the future. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of the why this episode is so beloved by artists mm-hmm. is, is the idea that like the little things that we toil away on, they aren't useless that they could be appreciated in ways that we're not able to understand Mm -hmm. like in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And even if you take that out of creative work, you know, just like we don't know the impact that we have on people in general. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really like, that's the whole point of the show. Like period. Like at least in the new stuff, like, like, you know, it's like the ordinary people that are like extraordinary. Right. Um, I've never met uh, a person who wasn't extraordinary or whatever. Or wasn't special. Wasn't special. I've never met a person who wasn't special. Yeah. That is special. I've never met a person that wasn't special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Um, yeah. Uh, wasn't important. There it is. Oh, important. Yeah, no okay. one important. Okay, important. Yeah. We got there. Um, yeah, we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, it's just so, it's so crazy just how quickly Matt Smith just like locked on to who this, specifically this character mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's uh it's quite a thing to see. I really do hope that you know, as we're looking back and and you know, uh we'll have more to say about this in uh, in the in next week's episode, uh I think. But I really do hope that when Jodie Whittaker's run on the show is over and then we're starting to look back at her stories that we feel as fondly about her as a as taken as a whole as we do now, like Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. Um, oh, yeah. You know, where we, we look back and you're like, oh, I t- you know, I like this. I, <laughs> oh, I mean, I've now that I've, I follow Doctor Who on Twitter and every few days they'll just show like a gift from the witch finders mm-hmm. or some anything. And I'm like, oh, I miss 13 so much. I miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we have anything else to say about uh, Vincent and the Doctor? This incredible episode of. Doctor Who? I don't think so. It's hard to talk about something that is so, like, unanimously, like, across the board, like, just solid 10, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, his costume is, like, like, when he was wearing, like, nine layers uh, yeah. in the summer. When, well, after after his uh, his his depressive episode, and then he he comes out, and he's wearing, like, the, the Van Gogh outfit, mm-hmm. and it's just, like... I he just like stepped out. I was like, wow, the costume designers really knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. with this. This thing, I I would wear. I would wear the shit out of that. Outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love it so much. It's so great. Um, but uh, I also really love the invisible monsters effects, like the way that they would have him like bump into stuff yeah. and 
stuff all over. It all felt very solid and uh, and 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 just really well done. I I assume it was like some form of um, puppetry that was going on that they were doing, but um, with with that stuff. But it worked really well. Mm-hmm. I loved the way all of it looked. It was so practical. It felt so practical, mm-hmm. um, which is ironic considering it's like an invisible monster. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely found myself appreciating the direction this time mm-hmm. watching it again. Yeah. We should, we should shout him out. Uh, Johnny Campbell mm-hmm. directed this. Um, I don't know if he directed another episode. Wow. Of, I don't want to look at this up. I don't know. Maybe he directed vampires in Venice. Yes, too? he did. Um, Those are the only two. Oh, he did. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Two bangers. Yeah. Look at that. Exactly. Nice. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> Vampires in Venice pales in comparison to this, but it's still good. <laughs> it's a still fun a good. It's still a super solid episode. Um, all right. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Uh, to this week's episode of The Doctor's Companion, uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Into the Dalek and wrap up our eighth season of The Long Way Around. Uh, check out our Patreon, DuelingGenre.com/support. Uh, where if we reach 100 uh, patrons, we're going to have to have all the patrons vote for a bonus podcast that will be in the main feed of that podcast. Pod, pod, podcast. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, of that, of that, the, the, that podcast main it feed. It won't be behind um, a paywall. It will not be behind a paywall. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and by doing so, uh, you'll also get all of the bonus content that we do have um, on, the, on the Dueling Genre Patreon. Uh, but yeah, you will help be helping us cross a goal um, by once we get to 100 patrons, and uh, and yeah, a bonus podcast for all. Uh, so go uh, go check that out because um, that's going to be how we cover you know any bonus stuff here. If you want to hear us talk about Torchwood, if you want to hear us talk about Sarah Jane Adventures, uh, K9, uh, some of like the weirder extracurricular Big Finish stuff. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about that stuff, that would be a bonus podcast that uh, would need to be voted on uh, by our patrons. So become a Patreon supporter at duelinggenre.com slash support. We appreciate everyone who's already doing that and anyone who is planning on doing that. Uh, but we will talk to you again next week with Into the Dollar. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.